Look, we have a lot of fun here at Remember the Game Industries. You've all heard my obnoxious, high-pitched laugh on the show. I love it. Video games are fun. The Simpsons are funny. It's good times. You know what isn't fun? Shopping for razors. And I don't mean that to sound sarcastic. It genuinely sucks. That's why you shouldn't shop for razors. You should just get them delivered by Harry's. Pick up a $3 trial set at harrys.com RTG and see what I'm talking about. I'm not going to stop beating the Harry's drum because it's a drum worth beating. The best razors on the market at better prices than the crap at the store and they're delivered to you. It's like a shaving cheat code. You've heard me say it. I have been a Harry's customer since I was driving a forklift at a company I'm not allowed to name but you all know who it is and sure my beard gets some praise now but i was a stubble guy for a long time and i still use harry's blades to keep the edges of my beard crisp so it looks like i have a jawline and if you've ever tried to shave along the edges of a beard you know that you can go through blades fast because there's a lot of weeds to whack in there but harry's blades just keep coming back for more i'm not just saying it there's so much better than the junky stuff you get at the store that means a faster cleaner shaving and two you buy less blades because they last longer the best razors for less money brought right to your door i don't know how else to say this harry's is on top for a reason the best reviews in the business customizable delivery schedules so you get them when you need them i can't see a reason not to use Harry's. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 138. And I figured we'd kind of right two wrongs with one stone. Yeah, I think that's the saying. Uh, We are going to show some love to two things this week that have not received nearly enough of it in the past here at Remember the Game Industries. And those things are the Game Boy Advance and the Metroid franchise because we are talking Metroid fucking Fusion for the GBA, baby. Uh, As I've admitted on this show many times in the past, my knowledge and experience with the Game Boy Advance is is quite minimal. Uh, It came out at a time in my life where my priority was the bar and getting turned down by women uh, as opposed to playing video games. But I am slowly catching up. We're getting there. Uh, My buddy and returning guest to the show, Daniel, recommended Metroid Fusion to me. I finally took the plunge. Uh, I saw that it was quite short. Admittedly, it's like five, six hours. That was part of what intrigued me was that it was like something like a knockout in a weekend. Uh, And let me tell you, Fucking, first of all, give me a five-hour game of this quality over 40 hours of fart any day of the week. And second of all, I beat it in three sessions, and it was awesome. Metroid Fusion is great. We're going to get into that in just a little bit, because speaking of farts, it is time for another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. 
And as always, if this is your first time, remember the game Rodeo. I'll give you the lay of the land. The intro is usually pretty beefy. It's fairly long. If all you want is Metroid Fusion talk, just check the description box of this show. There's timestamps there telling you exactly where to skip around and what to go to to just get to the sections that you want. And I actually have a couple of things to plug this week, and they're both very, very important. So if you usually skip the plugs... I mean, first of all, ah, that hurts my heart slightly. But no, don't skip. Stick around. Listen, uh, first and foremost, I'm finally doing an online comedy show. Some of you have been asking me about it for a while, saying if I look at doing a virtual show, and my bank account says that it is time. It's been a year next week, basically, since I lost my job and comedy pretty well died. So I'll be doing an online show, one night, one show, Saturday, March 20th. It'll be at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, which is 6 p.m. on the Pacific uh, Pacific Standard Time it is 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I think it's Wednesday at 2.45 in the afternoon in Great Britain and Australia, I think. Sorry, I'm not sure about the other side of the pond. But Saturday, March 20th, 7 p.m. Mountain, former Remember the Game Hall of Famer Mark McHugh is going to be opening the show, and then I will be closing it out and doing 45 to 50 minutes or so of my jokes that I can remember. Tickets are $20 Canadian, which is, I think, $0.08 cents American, and you only need one per house. That's the smoking thing. You buy one ticket, and then the night of the show, the people I'm working with that are producing the show will send you a link to watch. You can click it. The show is right there. And if you've got a webcam and a mic, I'll be able to see you and maybe hear you. Although if you're being loud, they will mute your ass. So it's actually, I fought it forever doing a virtual show, but these guys run an awesome ship. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of you have mentioned that you'd be interested in seeing something like that. If you want to see my stand-up comedy, this is your chance. Tickets are available right now on Eventbrite. Just search for Adam Blank and you'll find my uh, fine. I'll do an online comedy show event. It should be the first one that comes up. Please don't wait to get your tickets if you're going to get them because it really helps us to know how many people are going to be watching. 20 bucks, Eventbrite, March 20th, 7 p.m., me and Mark McHugh telling jokes. Be awesome if you watch us. Uh, and while I'm plugging stuff, our Patreon still exists and we are at, dude, as I look at this right now i click refresh on my fancy little computer device active patreons 200 so dun, 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 dun. thank you all so much for getting us there i didn't think that was even possible we had like 15 at one point and now we're at 200 so thank you so much listen if you want to join that group, you can get in there. It is two bucks. You get access to a game patch early every week. You get exclusive access to expansion pass every Sunday. All old episodes, download them onto your phone. You can send in comments to be read, access to our Discord. Our Patreon poll is running right now. You can vote on that until Saturday. It is the all Sega edition this month, so there's six Sega games. I'll play the winner and give it an episode of Remember the Game. And the first time, the first week of the month really is the best time to sign up because you don't get charged again until April 1st. So you get in there now for two bucks. You basically have a full month to catch up on old episodes vote in the polls all that kind of stuff uh last week for expansion pass we picked the must own game for basically every nintendo playstation xbox and sega console it was really really fun and as is becoming tradition i'm going to let you in uh, a little sneak peek now here's a sneak peek at the most recent edition of remember the game expansion pass So now after Game Boy is the legendary almighty SNES, and this is going to get ugly. This one, I'm going to fire off every answer you guys wrote in with. I'll work my way through them. And if there's one console where I'm not going to yell at anybody for picking multiple games, this is the one, because I understand. Andre said Final Fantasy 2. Michael Mathis and Jeffrey Mathis said Final Fantasy 3. Luis Oliva and Michael Mathis again said Chrono Trigger. 
Scott Brooks, Kelly, Ninja Lunchbox 79, all said The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Kelly also said Super Metroid. Raging Demon said Killer Instinct. SJA Flash, Stitch, and Matt McLean also said Super Mario World. Doug Dorn wrote in and said, I would argue that Mario Kart is an essential title for any Nintendo console or handheld that received a version. And personally, I would consider Super Mario RPG, Earthbound, Yoshi's Island, Mario All-Stars, the Donkey Kong Country games. How do you pick one? Which one of those is must-own? So that episode is live right now, along with 47 old expansion pass sitting there on Patreon waiting for you. This Sunday, for episode 49, we're going to look back at the first four years of the Nintendo Switch, because it actually turns four today. Wednesday, March 3rd is the fourth birthday of the Nintendo Switch. So we're going to look back at the last four years, what's gone right, what's gone wrong, stuff like that. And then next Sunday is episode 50 of Expansion Pass. And just to put it out there right now, I'm going to do something you guys have been asking for for a while and rank my top 20 SNES games of all time. So again, two bucks gets you all those episodes. It'd be awesome. A huge thank you to all of our newest Patreons. There's a lot of them this week. Joshua Davis, Faro Vitali, Stefan Fukasawa, Steve O'Connor, Thor the Hammered, Tristan McKinnon, Jafar McJr., Mega Man 2 OG, Chris Goodfellow, Ari Picker, Dane Upton, and Rogue Agent. I'm sure I fucked at least two of those names up, but thank you all so much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries. And I had been plugging that when we hit 200 Patreons. I was going to send everyone to Remember the Game Lanyard. The problem is that we kind of, we hit, we hit 200 and then the month rolled over, some credit cards got declined, whatever, some people got canceled, then we get back over 200, and so... I don't know who should be in or out. So here's what I'm going to do. If you sign up for our Patreon by March 21st, you will get mailed a Remember the Game lanyard. Okay? My hope is that you'll sign up, see that the quality and stuff is there, and continue to stay on as a Patreon. And if you don't, you paid two bucks, got to listen to all the extra podcasts, and got a Remember the Game lanyard and a thank you note from me. I will send one to everybody that signs up at patreon.com slash remember the game by March 21st. So if you've been on the fence, if you've been thinking about it, it is literally the best possible time ever to sign up. The Patreon poll is running. You get a month of podcasts, and I will send you a Remember the Game lanyard later on after March 21st. Okay, there you go. There's the full plugs. I stream on Twitch. You guys all know that. I'm not going to waste any more time on plugs. Let's get into the game show. Let's get into the, sh- the the podcast, if it will. And we start with blowing in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here every week. I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. Let's blow. And uh, I need a. I got to come up with like something to play there. Um... Oh, dude, I could use the Simpsons thing of, right, it blows, all right, it blows big time. I'm going to edit that in, right? I'm putting that in my notes. Uh, You guys are getting to hear that for the first time ever. I'm going to edit that in right now. It blows. It blows, all right. It blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. (laughs) Okay, I knew, oh, dude, I've been looking for a soundbite for the intro to blowing in the cartridge forever, and we finally got one. (laughs) Ha ha. Okay, let's start this thing off. Troy. With the last name that starts with a K that I cannot pronounce was the first person to, uh, that's going to blow this week. And Troy said, <clears throat> I just started playing Ori in the Blind Forest this week after it went on sale. My God, this game conjures such an emotional response with its non-dialogue story and musical score. I can see why it was praised so wildly from everyone I know who has played it. Thank you for being the decisive voice that finally got me to pull the trigger on buying it. Well, that and the $16 price tag. Side note, if you are getting merchandise this year, are you planning on designing and making some Remember the Game seal of approval stickers? 
Hmm. First of all, Troy, the seal of approval sticker is a great fucking idea. You're you're hired. You're hired. We uh we actually have wheels in motion on merch right now. I'm actually uh, I should have some samples ordered this week. It's probably gonna take a couple weeks for me to get the samples. I'm not gonna put anything up for sale until I see if it sucks. I don't want it to be garbage. Um, but stickers are on the on the horizon. I don't know if we're gonna do a seal right away. We're starting with a couple designs and we're gonna roll it out. But I'm hoping that by some point in April that the Remember the Game merchandise is available for sale for those of you that want to support me over there. And as far as Ori goes, dude, yes. Fuck yes. I rarely throw around the word gorgeous. It's not really my, not my jam. I'm more of an ugly man. Uh, but yeah, Ori is simply gorgeous. Both of them. My girlfriend was watching me play one of them a little while ago. I don't remember which one. And she said the same thing. She was like, this is just such a nice game to look at. And once you get past how it looks, like like you said, the music, the story, the, the characters, it's just such a beautiful video game. And it's super fun to play. If you like Metroidvanias, I'm going to keep keep suggesting these games Ori in the Blind Forest and the sequel Ori in the Will of the Wisps they're on Xbox Game Pass they're on the Nintendo Switch as well they absolutely get the remember the game seal of approval dude those games are and they're both on sale all the time they're fucking so good if you like Metroidvania games highly recommended great call Troy uh Yamcha wrote in and said, Hey Adam, have you heard of Jay and Silent Bob Mall Brawl? It's an NES beat-em-up that looks like River City Ransom. I bought my NES copy from Limited Run Games and it does work on my NES and I also believe it's on Switch and Steam. If you're a huge Jay and Silent Bob or Clerks fan like I am, it's a must-have, must-play kind of game. Pretty challenging yet fun for the NES. Definitely check it out. So worth the playthrough. Snoochie Boochie. Uh, <laughs> so I... <laughs> I love that. I have heard of it. Yamcha, it's funny you say this. My buddy Andre, a regular here on the show, he's the Final Fantasy VIII guest last week. He actually was texting me about it uh, just a few days ago, saying that he bought it, and he said it's pretty tough, but like you said, he's, he's really digging it as well. Um, now, as you guys probably know, I'm not the world's biggest movie buff movie fan. I don't watch a lot of movies. The only Jay and Silent Bob movie I've seen is actually Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I've not seen Clerks. Um, that said, I do like Kevin Smith. And for some reason, some people don't. And I don't I don't understand why. I don't know enough about movies and what he's done and shit to know why some people don't like him. I've always thought he seemed like a really cool guy. And uh, maybe I'll tell this story someday. Uh, he is actually a huge uh, inspiration for me in what got me started in stand-up comedy. Not because he's funny, but just the way he talks and the way he really... He really hammers home the message of try something you want to try. And I'll get into that. Maybe, maybe someday we'll do an expansion pass where all I do is talk comedy and kind of what got me into it and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, Kevin Smith is a big, big inspiration for me. So I probably won't check out the game because I don't know the games or the movies. But yeah, if you guys are Jay and Silent Bob fans, that movie's out right or that game is out right now. And it seems to be being quite well received. Luis wrote in and said to us, so with Resident Evil Village coming out soon, do you ever plan on ranking the Resident Evil games? Hmm. You know what, Luis? That is actually something I would really like to do down the road as you may or may not know i'm a complete and utter total pussy when it comes to scary games i am not good at them i'm not good with them but i loved resident evil 4 and i loved resident evil 5 i don't haters can hate uh and since this podcast started i went back and played resident evil 1 2 and 3 in their original forms i have the resident evil remake on my xbox that i have to get to slick rick sent me a couple of res copy of resident evil uh 2 remake that i'm gonna get to once i'm done god of war 
I really want to play Resident Evil 7 now to get ready for Resident Evil Village because I think it looks dope. I don't think I could do a full ranking of every game in the series because I don't even know what half of them are with the Code Veronicas and Jugheads and all that stuff. Uh, but right now, if I wanted to, I could rank Resident Evil 1 through 6 in their original forms. And I say I'm going to play 7, probably going to check out Village. Uh, so it's definitely something I want to look at doing a ranking episode of down the road. The ranking games in a series episodes of expansion pass are very difficult. I've done Mega Man. I've ranked the core Mario platformers and I've ranked the Mario Kart games. And there's just not many series in existence that have enough games for me to do a ranking episode where I've also played every game in the series. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to rank four games. I want to get up to that seven, eight, nine, ten 10 games. And there's not many where I've played every game in the series and could do an, a ranking episode of it. But I am inching toward being able to do that with Final Fantasy as I keep crossing those off my list. And I'm getting closer and closer to being able to rank Resident Evil. So that is definitely something that I'd be interested in doing down the road. And Village does look sick. I agree with you. Uh, Mega Man 2 OG wrote in and said, newer listener here, just wanted to comment that I'm not even close to getting through the backlog of episodes yet, but I have thoroughly been enjoying them so far. So far, Wanted to join to support the great work you and the guests do. Keep it up. Also, don't you hate pants? Fucking, a dude, a handle like Mega Man 2 OG and you come out of the gate with a Simpsons drop like that is enough to get you on the Hall of Fame ballot someday. Killing it. Mega Man, that you might have even been peaked. That might be the peak of Mega Man 2 OG around here. And of course, I hate pants. I hope he tells us to burn them. These things are just, yeah. Simpsons, if you get it, you get it. And speaking of Simpsons quotes, Chris Goodfellow wrote in and said, and another thing, how come I can't get no tang around here? Uh, <laughs> we we should just, I should just make the opening segment of the show. Forget blowing in the cartridge. It could just be random Simpsons quotes. You guys just write in random Simpsons quotes. Forget video game talk. I'll just read them off. The show is so close to going off the, the rails already. Let's just jump the shark. I love it. Uh, good stuff, Chris uh, and Mega Man. Welcome and uh, fucking rights. Simpsons drops. And finally, one last thing before we get into play one, remake one, erase one. It is letter time. It's letter time. And this week, our letter comes from Joshua Davis, who said, Adam, have you ever been to a live WWE event? I've always wanted to go to a WrestleMania to see The Undertaker, who's my favorite, but I won't get the chance since he retired. Also, who's your favorite wrestler? So I won't spend too much time on this because I know some of you aren't wrestling fans, but wrestling's a huge thing for me. One of the few things I like about as much as I like video games. Uh, I've been to a couple SmackDown tapings here in Edmonton. Uh, I've been to a few house shows. Uh, but that's it. I don't think Edmonton, if Edmonton's hosted a Raw, it might have been a very, very long time ago, but I've never gone. And then actually Edmonton hosted a pay-per-view one year, I Backlash, which is the pay-per-view after WrestleMania. I want to say it was in 2004. It was the year where Benoit won the title at Mania, WrestleMania 20. And then they had the pay-per-view here after WrestleMania. And as you may or may not know, we're not going to get into what's happened with Chris Benoit, but he is from Edmonton. And so they had a pay-per-view here. He main evented. He was the world champ. And I didn't go because I was cheap and I didn't have a lot of extra money. And I regret it to this day that I didn't go to that event. Uh, my girlfriend and I were actually kicking tires on going to SummerSlam last year before everything fell through. But I've, I've always wanted to go to a big pay-per-view myself. My favorite wrestler of all time is probably Chris Jericho. Uh, but The Undertaker is maybe the most sentimental to me. He's one of my favorites. And he's actually the reason I'm a pro wrestling fan. He is like... I saw him as a kid, and that was what made me into a pro wrestling fan. So Undertaker and Chris Jericho are both there. I'm a huge fan of The Miz. I love heels. I'm sorry for those of you that don't like The Miz. I love them. MJF and AW is fantastic. CM Punk is actually one of my all-time favorites as well. I could talk fucking wrestling for days, but that's a few of them. But Chris Jericho is probably my all-time favorite. Uh, or, nah, no, I was going to say Shawn Michaels is there. Kurt Angle's there. No, 
We'll unlock it in. I'll go with Chris Jericho. All right? And that's it. That's all the blowing this week. Thanks to everyone that wrote in. Let's get into our Smash Hit segment, the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you, as always, to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. Uh, The rules are simple. Each week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game. And the third game is a race from time forever. And this week, since I figured we're talking the GBA, let's have some GBA contestants. And I initially planned to slot Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga as one of the three games in here. Uh, But it already got a remake, and last week, talking about Final Fantasy VII, with Final Fantasy VII Remake caused all kinds of problems, and just... So, I'm not doing that. Uh, I just went with three games that are pretty universally considered amongst the best that the GBA has to offer, and those three are Advance Wars, Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap, and Metroid Fusion. Uh, And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We're going to get to that in just a minute. They Call Me Badger is our first contestant this week, and Badger says he would play Metroid Fusion. This game is a direct follow-up to Super Metroid and will likely be the last side-scrolling game in the franchise. It's great and doesn't need much of a top-up. Badger would remake Minish Cap. What an absolute gem of a game. You've even said Zelda is best suited for top-down games, and a remake in the style of Link Between Worlds or the Switch's Link's Awakening remake would make this even better. And then Erase Advance Wars. I've heard great things about this game, but unfortunately have never played it and because of that it needs to jump on the grenade for these other two gba heavy hitters so uh i have also i've never played minish cap i gotta be honest but without even ever starting it i love the idea of remaking it like the Link's awakening remake because i want every 2d zelda game ever made to be made in the style of the Link's awakening remake because i love the way that game looks so much uh i'm i, I am a little concerned here though because you erased advance wars Uh, And I've also never played Advance Wars, and I'm worried that it's just going to get massacred here, being up against Zelda and Metroid. I have not read the other answers, though. We'll see. Let's see how this goes here. What we got? Uh, Scott Brooks. Scott says you play Minish Cap. It is a solid Zelda entry that is consistently overlooked. Remake Metroid Fusion. Well, it's a fun game as it is. It's about high time Nintendo started showing Samus some love, damn it. And sadly, erase Advance Wars. Just like in real war, there are casualties. So it's curtains for you, you adorable turn-based strategy gem. So Scott and Badger flipped the order of play and remake, but both stood firm on erasing poor Advance Wars. So that's, fuck, that's two straight straight erasing of Advance Wars. Uh, And Scott, for the record, you're talking about them showing Samus some love. I think Nintendo's forgotten Samus exists. Hence the lack of love. I don't think that I think Nintendo lost her number and just stopped calling her. So DNA gaming wrote in and said, play Metroid fusion since it's the second best Metroid game and a perfect follow-up to super Metroid. Just leave this damn game alone. Unless you want to release it on the switch online, that'd be okay. I would say play Minish Cap as I feel it's overlooked and doesn't need anything, but the fucking rules say I can't, so remake it. Could also bring some much-needed attention to this title. And then Erase Advance Wars. It's not that the game is bad. It's the opposite, really. Just the worst of the three. Also, personally, I prefer my strategy games have RPG elements to them, which this lacks. So, first of all, DNA, thank you for respecting the rules of the game instead of saying play, play, erase. And second of all, that is now three straight 
uh, contestants erasing Advance Wars. And you know what? All three of you were like, it doesn't, it's not a bad game. Doesn't seem like a bad game. It's just up against Zelda and Metroid and it fucks it. I really thought, I know that people love this game. I figured it would hold its own up against Zelda and Metroid. I wasn't sure what else to plug in there. And I thought it, oh no. And I agree with you, DNA. For the love of God, Nintendo, give us GBA games on the Switch. Please, please give us GBA games on the Switch. Oh, what do we got? Keegs. Keegs says, play Metroid Fusion. That game is great how it is. And I actually kind of like how the linearity or how linear it is. Uh, remake Zelda, just like with every other 2D Zelda, just give me that Link's Awakening remake treatment and I'm happy. Erase Advance Wars. This game is awesome, but the second one of the DS one just did it better. Plus there's also Wargroove for the fantasy version. So that is now four straight erasings of Advance Wars. And another, this game is good. It just isn't Zelda or Metroid. Oh my God. It is so hard when I'm setting up play one, remake one, erase one to find three games that are all on the same level where one doesn't get cannibalized by the other two. Also for the record, Keegs mentioned Wargroove. That came up on Twitch a couple weeks ago too. I, I want to say Flash. One of our regulars came by and mentioned Wargroove there. Dude, if you have not played Wargroove, it's on, I played it on the Switch. It's on Game Pass, I think now as well. Um, and that's, everyone says it's kind of like a spiritual successor to Advance Wars. And that's kind of what's got me so hot and horny for Advance Wars because I fucking love Wargroove. So if you're into those tactical games, I highly recommend checking out Wargroove. It is awesome. Uh, very playable on Switch. That's where I played it. So let's see if anyone doesn't erase Advance Wars. Chris Goodfellow says, play Metroid as I'm hoping GBA games come to online service. Remake Zelda since most commentators think it's crap and a facelift might help. Uh, fuck. Advance Wars, never played it. Gotta erase it. So that is five erasings of Advance Wars. Ah. <sighs> Make shift money. Make Mallow shift money. This one, you're right. Play Metroid Fusion. Your playthrough makes it look like it hasn't aged a day. Remake Advance Wars. It is way the hell overdue for a new entry. Tactical strategy games are awesome, and I would love to sink time into it anywhere on Switch. And then erase Minish Cap. Oh. And he says, because guess what? You can get the exact same get a weapon, beat a dungeon, get a weapon, beat a dungeon, talk to no one, hear a fairy natter on experience on the countless other Zelda games. Whoo! Makeshift. That's a spicy meatball. Send $5 to memberthegame at gmail.com for makeshift money's email, phone number, home address, and place of employment, Zelda fans. You got, no, I'm kidding. It's more than $5. Um, but seriously though, like the thing is, is I don't necessarily disagree. I'm not saying I'm going to erase Minish Cap, but of the of Metroid, Advance Wars, and Zelda, if there's one of those series where you could afford to lose a game and still be okay, it's probably Zelda. So I understand the point there. Sam Wright says, play Advance Wars because I've never played the series. That's a nice change of pace. Play it because you've never played it. I, I appreciate that. Uh, remake Metroid Fusion on the Switch. This game will be awesome and should be the precursor. The precursor. Precursor? Precursor. Oh, God. Coffee. Just a second. Only to remember the game where you get this kind of quality content where I can't say three syllable words. Remake Metroid Fusion on the Switch. This game would be awesome and should be the precursor to a brand spanking new Metroid game. And then Sam would erase Minish Cap. This game is garbage. Throw it in the E.T. landfill never to return again. Fuck Kinstones. Whew. And I don't know what a Kinstone is, but I also don't have Sam's personal information to sell you. But that's a hot take. I gotta be honest. Like there's a couple of people now, like Sam said it, uh, makeshift money is kind of like, and then somebody else came down on it too. Uh, I don't remember who now. Uh, but I, I gotta be honest. I really thought that people liked Minish Cap. I thought it was one of the, 
I, I, I've never played it. It's Mark McHugh and Bradley McHugh are always up my ass to play it. I always thought it was like one of the good Zelda games. But thank you for not just erasing Advance Wars because you haven't played it. Now, I agree with like the five of you that played this week that didn't erase Advance Wars, but I don't agree with the order that you guys have dropped. Only two of you have the same order as me. Thor knows what's up. Thor the Hammered said, play Minish Cap. The graphics are already great. The gameplay still holds up. Side note, anytime someone votes to erase a Zelda game, can we just erase Majora's Mask instead? It's up to you, Adam. You make the rules. I'm just saying it wouldn't be a bad suggestion. Fucking rights, Thor. Well done. Uh, remake Advance Wars. Give it a Fire Emblem Three Houses style graphical upgrade with some quality of life improvements. We need more great tactical RPGs on the Switch. And as much as I hate to say it, erase Metroid Fusion. It's a great game, but I can always play Super Metroid instead. Thor... Pooping on Majora's Mask will always get you some attention around here. Maybe some hate from some of the hot dogs, but you've got a seat at my table. Anyone that wants to come down on Majora's Mask. Uh, And I actually agree with the idea of remaking Advance Wars and putting it on the Switch 100%, as I'm about to explain. The other person that got it right this week was Darren, who said, play Minish Cap, remake Advance Wars, and erase Fusion. Minish Cap continues the tradition of great handheld Zelda games. Advance Wars is a great game that I could never beat, but I would love to see it updated and remade. And Fusion goes away because... Well, Metroid games are always good, and there are so many that have done this series well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with, with you, Darren. And the, the thing is, is if we erase Fusion, we still have Super Metroid. I really like Fusion, but if we erase it, we still have Super Metroid. So that's exactly what I would do. I would play Minish Cap, because I never have. And while I've never made a play-slash-remake-slash-erase decision based on how people will react... I do slightly worry about the reaction of both the hot dogs and the McHugh brothers if I come in here and erase a Zelda game. I, I, I don't know if I can handle that PR night. That could be the cancel culture thing. Finally strike and remember the game if I come in here and erase a Zelda game. That's not Majora's Mask. Uh, plus, like I said, I always thought Minish Cap was good. The McHugh brothers keep saying it's good. They keep saying I should play it. So yeah, I'll, I'll play some Zelda. I would remake Advance Wars because as I said, I've never played this one either and I really want to. I love these types of games. Like I said, I played the fuck out of Wargroove. Everyone says that Wargroove is quite blatantly advanced wars. So God fucked if I'm going to erase something that's like Wargroove. That's not happening. Uh, So I will say remake it and just make it playable on Switch. I don't care if you change anything else. If you make some quality of life upgrades and shit, that's awesome. Just put it on the Switch. And by remaking it, remake it as a Switch game. And I'm happy. And then I would erase Metroid Fusion. And as you're going to hear momentarily... I have practically zero issues with this game. A couple minor gripes. This is a very positive episode. Angry Adam is not coming out in full force to talk Metroid Fusion. I think it's awesome. I'm simply erasing it this week because it's the only one of the three that I've played. And I want to play the other two. It's, you know, I could revisit this after I, I play Minish Cap and Advance Wars and see how much I like them. But for now, I don't see myself playing Metroid Fusion again anytime soon. So it's kind of like, that was cool. Let me experience these other games. It can be erased. All right? There's my answer. Thank you to everyone that played as always. God, I love play one, remake one, erase one. Uh, Let me break down what I have been playing over the last seven days, and then I'll tell you why I like Metroid Fusion so much. Uh, Primarily, I've been playing God of War, still. Uh, It's it's just, fuck me, it's good. It's wild, man. I sit down planning to play for like an hour. You know, I'll sit down at like 10 o'clock, and I'll be like, all right, I'll play till 11, and then I'll let my dog out, and then I'll go to bed. And then before I know it, it's one o'clock, and I've just been having, I just, I'm really really falling in love with that game and some of you have asked if i'll do an expansion pass episode about god of war reviewing it uh i originally wasn't going to because i know it's a few years old but a a few of you have asked so if that's something that that you the fine board members of remember the game industries want then uh your wish is my command i'll review god of war 
so just let me know if that's something you'd be interested in. Let me know. And maybe I, maybe I will. I wasn't planning on it, but I, I like to talk. I'll talk. Uh, I 101 percented crash team racing on normal. And I thought about taking a shot at it on hard, but it just is really like, I have a, such a big backlog I want to work on. And if I walk away from crash team racing and then go back to it down the road, I'll have to get good again before I can even take a shot at playing it on hard. So I think for now I'm going to shelf it. I really liked it. It was fun. I got it for like 20 bucks. Totally felt like it was worth $20. I just have too much else to play right now. Uh, my girlfriend and I are still clubbing away at Mario 3D World. We're very close to 100%ing it together, which we did on the Wii U as well. I love that game. Definitely going to do an episode of Expansion Pass on that. Excuse me. Once I experience Bowser's Fury. Uh, and then I've actually been playing Earthworm Jim 2 on my Sega Genesis Mini. That's, uh, that's a Let's Play that I owe you guys. I promise you it's going to be soon. I know I keep saying that. I ran into a ton of problems with the SNES ROM, which seems to be a common thing when it comes to emulating it on the Super Nintendo Classic. So I had to add it to my Genesis. And it's just kind of relearning the game. Because I played it a lot as a kid. I owned it as a kid. But the Genesis version has some changes and stuff that I'm just getting used to. But I've been playing quite a bit of it. I really like that game, man. I love it, Earthworm Jim. So that Let's Play will be going live soon. And that's all I've been playing. Let's get into Metroid Fusion. That's the main event why you guys are here. I'd like to give you nerds a chance to share some of your thoughts on games before I indulge myself and ramble for a while. And we got a few comments here. John Doskus said, easily one of the best, arguably the best game on the GBA. Very excited for this episode as I think I bought a Game Boy Advance just so that I could play it. There are a few others that I played when I think of the GBA, or but when I think of the GBA, I think of this game. An excellent, and I agree with Adam, an underappreciated entry in the Metroid series. And he's not talking about me. He's talking about Adam Anderson, who said, I had this game, beat this game, and remember enjoying this game. Unfortunately, that is about all I can remember as I have not revisited it since it came out and my copy's been lost to time. The fusion suit is a cool change to the regular Samus attire. And there was a feature where you could connect your GBA with Metroid Fusion to the GameCube and have Samus wear the fusion suit in Metroid Prime. That is fucking... Ex oh, I didn't do that. That's fucking... Dude, no one ever hooked the GBA up to the GameCube, and you could totally do some funky things with that. Uh, Luis Oliva said, I think this game is one of the best Metroid games ever. The gameplay is fantastic. The atmosphere is next level. I remember being tense every time that overpowered Samus clone showed up. Me as well. Luis, holy fuck. That fuck. Oh, fuck. And James Anderson wrote in and said, I played the original Metroid and the SNES Metroid, both great games. The original Metroid is hard and abstruse. My uncle had to help me beat it. It was so hard. The SNES, however, was more my speed. It's in my top five best games on the Super Nintendo. I don't think that's a crazy take. Uh, James continues, I heard a lot of great things about this game. However, I'm not really into handhelds. Maybe it's why I'm a PC gamer as an adult. If I owned a Switch, I doubt I would ever switch it up. Uh, I am dying to play Breath of the Wild, though, damn it. Nintendo, bring your games to PC. Maybe this has caused me to miss out on some great games, but that has left me more time to play other great games my preferred way. So I will say, like, I... For a long time, James, I did not really love handheld gaming either. Like, as a kid, I loved my Game Boy, but then the Game Boy Advance, the, th the DS, the 3DS... For quite a while, I was kind of out of love with handheld gaming, too. Believe it or not, it was actually the Vita that really brought me back to handheld. And now, unless it's like a big, fancy graphics, like, you know, a Bioshock or a fucking God of War or just, you know, something where I really want to experience it on big TV with bright colors and sound, I actually prefer to play my games handheld because I can take them anywhere. I can lay on the couch and play while I'm watching TV with my girlfriend. That's my personal preference. So you have probably missed out on some games. I don't think Nintendo's coming to the PC ever. But hey, do you? If you prefer, if you're one of them PC master racers, then uh, that's fine. You're not as weird as the Santurnians, I'll give you that. 
Uh, and there. So there you go. Everyone else seems pretty excited about this episode. I'm excited about this episode. My guest Daniel is really excited about this episode because he was the one that insisted that we record this episode because he was like, we really got to talk about Metroid Fusion. And I was like, fine, I'll fucking play Metroid Fusion. And it is outstanding. That little monologue right there might be longer than the game itself was, but it doesn't matter because the best things come in small packages. I'm going to queue up some music. And we are going to talk about Metroid Fusion for the Game Boy Advance, which originally released in North America on November 18th, 2002. Let's go. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting is a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly... I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And better help is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash remember the game today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash remember the game. All right, joining me via the bat phone, the blank phone. I want to call it the bat phone, but I don't want to get sued by Adam. Oh, wait, Adam West is dead. I don't want to get, it doesn't, that's, anyway, that's, that's a rough 10 second start, but I'm not, I'm not editing it out. I'm leaving that in. Joining me via the blank phone this week is a longtime pal of mine, supporter of the show, a frequent guest and all around video game nerd, much like myself, my pal, Mr. Daniel Brooks. How's life, man? Ah, it's doing pretty good. Got yeah. my coffee. I'm happy. You have coffee? Yeah, fuck, dude. I've had so much coffee today. This is like the third or fourth, the third one of these I've done today, like recording these. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, like I'm fucking, I'm going to, by like eight o'clock, I'm going to be a zombie, but I feel great right now. Um, And we're talking Metroid Fusion. Now, a couple of quick little notes here before we get into Metroid Fusion. Uh, number A, Daniel is, you're, I would consider you quite the, you're a pretty big Metroid guy. Yeah. You're a bit of a, bit of yeah. a fan. Yeah. Yeah, I love the Metroid games, yeah. So Daniel's kind of my, because admittedly my knowledge of the Metroid franchise is minimal at best, but we got Daniel, he'll cover for all my shortcomings. And uh, and number two, I played this just for the first time uh, about three weeks ago after it somehow got onto my SNES Classic. I don't know how that happened. I certainly didn't do it. I certainly didn't do anything illegal or anything, but it did end up on I my SNES Classic and I played it. And I'm going to be honest with you, man, this game looks gorgeous on a little screen like when i was looking at it on my laptop and it was in like a tiny little window and stuff this like i can imagine how this looked on a game boy advance is it looks fucking mint uh on a giant 
television or a 4K computer monitor, little hideous, but that's not its fault. That's because I took a Game Boy game that was meant to be played on like a three by three screen and tried to blow it up. Um, but I played this for the first time a couple weeks ago after you uh, kind of got up my ass telling me I should play it. And uh, credit given where it's due, Daniel, you were right. This game is pretty fucking spectacular, my man. Yeah, yeah, I I think so. And the graphics thing, it's that right sweet spot when the Game Boy Advance learned what it could do. Right. Compared to like the old Super Nintendo games and, and kind of moving into the the higher quality from that. So it's like that perfect sweet spot of uh of picking up new graphics. Yeah, I don't want to like I don't want to call the Game Boy Advance underrated because I think everybody likes the Game Boy Advance. Like everybody owned either the original or the sp or there's a mil like the game boy advance is uh is a runaway success there's no underration that i don't think that's the right word but there's no underrating the game boy advance having said that i do i gotta be honest with you daniel i fucking i sometimes i sleep on the gba and i forget just how impressive it was because i'm i'm such i am such a diehard geek for that 2d 16-bit sprite style graphics the super the tail end of the super nintendo genesis era like to me are some of the best looking video games ever made and and the game boy advance was in a way just a way for them to keep making those games like they just kept puking out those gorgeous sprite based 2d games and this is a perfect example because this looks i'll be honest dude this looks better than super metroid did yeah, I'd agree with that. And uh, and that's, Super Metroid is one of my favorite games. Right, like that's saying something because Super Metroid is a bona fide Hall of Famer. Like that's a that's a gem, and it's a pretty good looking game. And obviously, like, listen, I don't know when Super Metroid came out. I would guess ninety three, ninety four, somewhere in there. This game came out in two thousand two. So like, I'm not stupid. I know that this game was made after Super Metroid, but it also is clearly very inspired by Super Metroid because it looks almost like the the size of Samus and her design and everything, this is Super Metroid. Am I not? Like, it looks a lot like Super Metroid. A lot like Super yeah. Metroid. Like this, this, this feels like they wanted to make Super Metroid 2. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly... It, like, when I was playing it, it felt like a sequel to Super Metroid. And, and, and I'm not even fully aware uh, of the whole chronological order of the Metroid games, but this game does take place after Super Metroid in the timeline, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Yeah, uh, chronologically speaking, this is the last game in the timeline. Oh, really? Uh, you've got, yeah, you do, you've got the original, or, or Zero Mission, uh, the remake, mm -hmm. uh, also a great game. That's the NES, uh, that's the they, NES one, right? Yeah, yeah okay. and then you've got uh, the Prime uh, series, it's going to okay. say Trilogy, but now there's a fourth one supposedly coming. Yeah. Uh, then Super Metroid, then Other M, then uh, this one. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. So yeah. this like so as of right now, like the end of this game was the last we've seen of Samus, other than showing up at Smash Brothers and pounding on Kirby and stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Um so this game, dude, I, I wow, okay. Uh this is a this is a funky game. I remember you telling me it was short, and it is, which I like. We'll get into that. Um I actually I gotta be honest, like I've the only Metroid games I've played through to completion are Super Metroid in this one. And I love Super Metroid. I don't particularly care that much about the story in Super Metroid. I just think it's fun to play. This game, especially considering it was on a fucking Game Boy uh cart, actually like the story 
really intrigued me. I was really fascinated by what's happening in this game. It really hooked me. Yeah, th- this was the first one that had a story imposed on you. Like, the Prime games, if you scan all the computers and stuff, you get the background story. Right. But it's not it's, it's not forced on you. This is the first one uh, where the story is presented, and it's got the cutscenes and her talking to herself and, and learning about her past a little bit. Uh, and, and dealing with that that condescending computer. Yeah, that fucking computer. But I liked yeah. so like if you've never played, I love this story. So like basically, and and d- interrupt me if I say something stupid or wrong. Just fucking interrupt and be like, Adam, you're stupid and wrong, okay? But my understanding is that yeah, Samus is in her in her ship and she's flying through space, and then like this doesn't the does the virus attack her or does something else attack her and she lands on the planet with the virus. Uh, so she was hired by the, the Federation to go back to SR-388, which was the planet with the Metroids. Okay. Because the planet wasn't explored because of the Metroids, but now that they're all dead, uh, spoiler alert, um, (laughs) and then, yeah, she gets infected with the X-Parasite there. Okay. And taken back to the space station. All right. Right. Oh, right. So she got the X-Virus on the planet with the Metroids and then went back to the space station and brought the virus with her. Uh, yeah. When they operated her on the on the medical ship, uh, the virus had infected the biological portions of her power suit. Okay. First time we found out that it's bio has biological portions, right? But, uh, but yeah, and then via that, it entered the space station. Okay, uh, okay, that makes sense. So like, and then so then there's the X virus. Is basically <laughs> the whole concept of the game is you're in the space station and the X virus is there and it's like so it's making all it makes the bad guys basically like they're all just parasites and stuff right it, it pretty much it's similar to the metroid it kills it, it uh kills pretty much everything yeah. but in this case it, it then mimics whatever it was hosting right. so whether it's so i mean it brings back a lot of classic bad guys but they're all just these ex parasites mimicking a host right and i and i gotta be honest with you so for because when i started playing it i started playing it on twitch stream and i was like so this is almost like uh the samus venom this is like metroid venom and we were like I joking about it that and i was kind of laughing to myself i'm like it's it, you totally get that impression at first but yeah. then it's not really presented that way no not without insulting venom because that's what I thought it was going to be was like, it was going to be like her suit, like absorbed a symbiote, like Spider-Man with venom. And then her suit became like this other entity, but it turned out this virus was just in this space station create. And I, and I, and it's like creating all these enemies and you got to fight the enemies. And, and, and I gotta be honest. So the first thing I really, really want to praise in this game is one of the things that irritates me about Metroidvanias of, and I, I hate calling Metroid a Metroidvania, but at this point, that's just the name of the genre. Uh, one of the things that I hate about those types of games is how when you play two or three games in the series, every time you start a new game, you've lost all your powers, but there's no real reason. Do you know what I mean? Like when you play the Arkham games, you've got to re-go and get all Batman's power, like equipment and find it. You know what I mean? And it's like, why the fuck can't I just keep all the gear I had? Like, why, like, yeah. why do I lose the gear every time? And to their credit, they found a way to make it make sense because this virus infected her suit. They took her suit off and, like, certain, you know, saved her life. But in the process, she lost, like, most of the power-ups that were in her suit. And I and I just, I, it, it almost, like, I'm very excited about that because I was like, you finally made a Metroid game or a Metroidvania per se and found a way to explain why I don't have any of my powers anymore. 
And I just, it, that is so refreshing and different. And right away, this game is going to get a good score just for explaining why I don't have my powers. That made me so happy, Daniel. It really did. And, and it's not, it's not overhanded or anything like that. It's not a, the, 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 you lose your powers because rocks fall. Right. Like it, it, it makes perfect sense for, for the story. Uh, you know, and it's covered in the first five minutes of the, the little opening cutscene. Yeah. And, and it is, it's, it's perfectly sensible. Uh, and it offers a perfect explanation why some of her, her powers that she gets are different. Yeah, it does. It, and, and, uh, and, and, and I guess like, you know, obviously we're going to spoil stuff in this game. Cause that's what we do on the show is we spoil stuff. That's basically what the show is, is a giant spoiler. Uh, yeah, but as the 18 game years old, yeah, exactly. You had time, uh, and, and that's coming from me who only played it for the first time two weeks ago, but you had up till two weeks ago. Uh, so then, yeah. So then as you play through the game in classic Metroid fashion, you're going around and slowly re- acquiring new abilities and new abilities give you the ability to access new areas, which is by far my favorite thing about any game in the genre. I, I mean, hollow Knight, will of the wisp, uh, or I mean, Ori, the Ori games, the Metroid games, the guacamelee games, any of those games where you slowly acquire new abilities. And as you acquire new abilities, you can access new areas. That is my fucking jam. I love that. And they explained it so perfectly in this game, because as you're working your way through the space station, trying to take out this virus, that's causing all this havoc and everything. Uh, the, the computer in the ship, that's kind of helping you telling you where to go and kind of serving as like the narrator for the story. Uh, occasionally it'll be like, well, HQ has been working on this new upload for your suit. That'll give you this power. Go here and you can upload it. And genius fucking, I know it sounds so stupid. Maybe it doesn't seem like a big deal to everybody else, but I loved that. I was like, that is such a clever way to reintroduce all these abilities. And like you said, some of the abilities are different and all they have to do is say like, well, HQ tweaked them so that they would work for you in this particular situation. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, and, and the big, like the, the big one is, uh, she her her news. What cures the virus is, is a vaccine made from the the baby Metroid from Super Metroid. Mm-hmm. So spoiler alert, that's the big one. Um, but now she shares uh, a lot of the same vulnerabilities. So like the big one is the ice beam, which was so iconic in the Metroid games, you can't use because she's vulnerable to ice. Because uh, because so she can- has because sorry to cut you off, but that's because she has the Metroid genes in her now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. the the vaccine basically uh, fused Metroid DNA to her DNA, which is not how science works. But hey, that's <laughs> not here or there. Um, but yeah, so now she's got all you know, and and ice was always the Metroid's weakness, right? Um, but you know, so they still give you the ice, but they use the the missiles instead, right? Uh, so you get the ice missiles, which is you know, the missiles are always in Metroid games. We're always here's a missile, here's a bigger missile. Uh, so it's nice to have that sort of here's something different, especially once you get the diffusion thing and it does the little ice spread. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, that's yeah, you're right, dude. I, that's it's, I know it might not sound like a big deal. I know I'm repeating myself, but like, dude, that's just such great little storytelling. Like that interested me so much. This whole virus interested me because literally you can't go anywhere in the ship without the virus. And what happens, yeah. and we'll get into like how you can access different areas of the ship in a minute, but like literally every enemy you fight when you kill them, like in previous Metroid games, when you kill a bad guy, a lot of them would either drop a little bit of energy or they would drop uh, like rockets or, you know, like ammo, fucking whatever. Um, which I, which I, I've always understood the reason all these guys drop the, these, these consistent, constant power ups is because the Metroid games are traditionally just so fucking hard that they have to keep giving yep. you health or you'd have no chance in hell of, of beating them. 
because <laughs> they are difficult video games. Um, yep. But in this one, as you kill guys, uh, they the virus is re- is released, and you can absorb the virus. And so you can absorb the virus and it'll heal you. Or you can absorb, like, yellow virus is what most of the bad guys drop. Then that gives you back your health. Green virus, when you pick that up, that gives you back more rockets. That is, uh, I just, just the fact that they changed it up a little bit. And and not only is it nice to see them flip the script a little bit and just come up with a different, you know, thing for you to pick up all the time. The fact that you're constantly picking up these little blobs of this virus uh, serve as a reminder to you that this virus is the whole reason you're playing the game, and I think that's a, that, I really think that's a clever mechanic. I I can't overstate how clever I think that is. And again, and it feeds back to the story. the The Metroids were the natural predator of the, these X parasites, so it makes they they you know it even narratively makes sense how you're able to absorb them and get health or or oh. what not. You're right, dude. But, I, I was just thinking that. Like, yeah. Why the fuck can I absorb the virus? But you're right. It's because Metroids feed off the virus, and I'm part Metroid now. Or Samus yeah, is. Be- oh, yeah. Yeah, and because Samus killed all the Metroids on the planet, because apparently there's only 32 Metroids on, uh, in, on the entire planet, uh, you know, the ex-parasites were able to, uh, to repopulate. That's genius. Uh, but one of the coolest mechanics... Adam, what happens if you don't pick up all the all the ex-parasites after you kill them? Yeah, then they fucking, they either regenerate the enemy or sometimes they form better enemies, which uh, I also which think is... I thought was a cool mechanic because I'm like, I, the number of times where I'm like, oh, whatever, like I'm not going to run over there to get that health. I don't need any health. Yeah. And now all of a sudden I've got an armored uh, fish or whatever. Fishes always seem to be the big one that they like to bulk up. But I'm like, well, fuck. Yeah, dude, that's... Oh, man. Dude, there's one particular part of this game. It's closer to the end where there's four enemies uh, in, like, an area underneath where Samus is standing, like, on a separate platform, and you can't get down there to 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 touch them. But you have to shoot them through the floor. But then when you shoot them, the virus that was inside of them floats up into the main area where you are, and then they form, yeah, those big golden motherfuckers and then you have to fight that thing instead and it's hard yeah but i also think i i'm like dude this is so clever it's not like not that i have i have zero issue with super metroid and the fact that there's just aliens floating around and you kill them and you get health from them like that's just video games but to take to go the extra step and put this virus in every enemy and the fact that if you don't pick it up the virus will regenerate sometimes into a different enemy is just what a great fucking mechanic. Like I I really would love to see them tie that virus into the next Metroid. I don't know if they will into Metroid Prime 4, but I would love it if they did cuz I love this I love the virus spin in this game. Love it. Love it. Uh well, I mean uh, the 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 X-Parasite has only been uh mentioned in one other game and that's at the end of the remake of Samus Returns. Okay. Uh there's, depending on your collection rate, there, there's cutscenes there, and it shows the Chozo who used to originally live on, or, yeah, live on SR-38. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's, they they created the Metroids to hunt down these viruses and something like that. And but that's the only other time that they've been mentioned anywhere. Uh, but, I mean, like, again, yeah, because this is the last game in the series, if they ever make a Metroid that takes place after this, uh, hopefully they'll pop up again. Yeah. I dude, I love so I love much them. you could do with them. Oh, so much! The fact that they can like shape shift and form all these different enemies and power up enemies and transform into different enemies, and 
the one thing the the elephant in the room that we haven't addressed yet they can even make samus like because you'd have to deal with is it how do you say it is it sax or sa or sax like i just uh, i always say i always say sax but okay. because it's a text-based game i guess either either or work right but because i was I, it's supposed to be samus Aran x parasite oh i, I see yeah, presumably yeah. what it's standing for right so early on in the game it actually turns out that the fucking x parasite uh, the, because they were they were in Samus's suit, they had infected Samus's suit. Uh, they actually some of the ex parasite form Samus, and so in, yeah. you have this giant, full powered, badass Samus just walking around this fucking space shuttle. And anytime it comes near you, like the computer constantly is warning you, like, "Hey, whatever happens, stay the fuck away." from SAX because that thing is going to kick your ass and it does when it finds you it fucking wrecks you yeah. wrecks you uh I, go ahead I was going to say that there's a couple of them where like it shows up and not the, the, like the first time like you know there's no way but the second time you run into it it's like well maybe I can you know I can jump over the the shots and and you can get some good hits on it and no, no, dude. Oh yeah, you're, you're, oh yes, dude. The part there's because there's a part where you fucking, uh, you fall, you like you fall down into this area, and there's a door to the left. So you come into the you come into whatever the screen is from the top right, like in a little. I think you're in your morph ball form, like along the top, and then you fall down into this room. And right as you fall down into this room, uh, the SAX walks through the door on the left and is looking right at you, and then it just starts hammering you. And you, I think at that point you have the freeze rockets, so you can freeze it, but only for a split second. And uh, yeah. the first time I it found me, I tried to fight it and got murdered. And then you realize that, like, no, no, use your freeze rockets to momentarily buy yourself time to run, and you have to basically jump over it, run to the left, and just move ass, because it is right behind you trying to kill you. And you run to the end of, like, two or three rooms, and then finally you jump over a wall and land on this, like, narrow kind of secret hallway behind a wall, and then the SAX walks into the room and looks around and can't find you, and it turns around and walks away. And uh, yeah. I I fucking loved that because I was like, that's it teaching you like, sure, you may be getting stronger. That thing will still fuck you up. So hide at all costs. And I thought that was genius. Fucking so fun, man. Oh, it's such a fun. Not, it's not an easy sequence, Mm-mm. but it's such a fun sequence. Yeah, it killed me half a dozen times trying to get away from that yeah. fucking thing. And there's actually an but, earlier, there's an earlier segment with SAX where you're like up, you're like in the top part of this room. And you just go into a room where you can't even access, like it, it can't get you. It's not even designed to get you. But you walk into the top part of this room and then all of a sudden the door in the bottom opens and the SAX just walks in and it's like it's looking around in the room and then it turns around and walks out. And it's just enough to yeah. show you like, hey, this thing is out there and it's fucking hunting you. And uh, it, it actually doesn't pop, because I when we were playing it on the Switch stream, I was talking about how it reminded me of Nemesis in Resident Evil 3. Um did you play Resident Evil 3? Uh, I didn't play it, but I, I, I know the parts that you're talking about, and you're not wrong. Yeah, it's it's just like, that... It definitely has that feel. It does, totally. It's just now, and I may be incorrect in this, but if I'm not mistaken, Resident Evil 3, Nemesis's appearances are random. You can just walk into a scream, and suddenly that big piece of shit is there trying to kill you. 
And maybe that was the case with this game, but I got the impression that SAX is only going to show up when the developers have a design to show up. Like he's not just randomly always around, but I might be wrong about that. I don't know. Maybe, you know, no, no, it's all, it's all, it's all scripted. Okay. So it's not just Uh, random appearances at any given time or anything. Yeah. Cause there's the, there's the, the four, I think four times you see there's the one after you go down the elevator and then the camera stays at the top and it blows up the wall and walks past. Yeah. Uh, then there's the one you were just talking about where you're in the morph ball up in the ceiling and you see it walking by. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, there's the first time where you're trying to run away from it. And the second time you're trying to run, run right. away from it. But great idea that like that, this fucking virus has taken all of your powers and the computer keeps telling you like, we need to get your powers back. It's not going to be easy. You got to go here and that. Oh yeah. Okay. So that's where I wanted to transition to is, uh, you, you slowly unlock. This is a much tighter, much more linear Metroid experience than super Metroid is. Um, yeah. Like, is it like, I I mean, I don't know the Metroid games that well, but I have to assume this is as linear as Metroid gets actually this game. Uh, the, the only other one that's even worse is other M. Uh, but yeah. And this is now, but I'll ask you then. So did you like, do you like that? Did you like that? It was linear. I, I don't just because Metroid to me is like that whole thing of like, you just have to try and figure out and hopefully remember, okay, now I can open the green door. How do I get to the green doors? Right. Uh, so it's not my thing. Um, but I know for someone who's not as, as into the series or something, I can definitely see it being a good thing. And I know you like linearity in your game. I love it. Like I, like, don't get me wrong. Like I, I really, really like super Metroid and I like the backtracking and the, you know, every like that's one of my favorite things about this genre. Again, I brought up Hollow Knight earlier because I Hollow Knight is just fuck. I love that game. Such a good game. Um, but I Go like play Hollow Knight. Yes, play, play Hollow Knight. Too, but also play Hollow Knight. Play Hollow Knight, and the Hollow Knight's easier to get your hands on than this game is these days too. But um, I I love that uh, that that exploration in a Metroid game where you get a new power. And then, like you said, it's like, oh, fuck. So that green door earlier, now I have what I need to open the green door. Now I got to remember where the fuck the green door was. I, I do, I agree with you, and I do like that. Having said that, I really enjoyed a linear take on Metroid. And this game is is remarkably linear. Basically, there's this computer uh, that runs the ship, I guess. It would be like the AI, kind of, like the, the supercomputer in the, in the shuttle, I guess, in the station. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the storyline is, you know, because her ship exploded when she passed out when after being infected, uh, the Federation gave her ship but said, hey, you've got to listen to this computer whenever it tells you to do something. Right, so then you go to this, this space station, and you can't really go anywhere. Like, the whole space station is locked down. You've lost most of your powers. It won't really let you go anywhere. And then one segment at a time, and there's, like, the main hub of the space station, and then there's six... Uh, I don't know what you would call them, substations, I guess. There's like six yeah. six different areas you can go to that are literally just numbered one through six. And uh, once you play the first part of like the main station area, then you start interacting with the computer and the computer's like, okay, I'm going to open up area one for you. Go there and, and shut off these power vents or restore power or get this a bit. Like the computer gives you a reason to go to each area, but there's literally yeah. no way for you to go into them unless the computer activates them. Cause the, the elevators to go down to the, the other sections just don't work. Like there's no way to access yeah. them. And uh, I actually really enjoyed that. I liked the linearity of it because then I was able to just enjoy the, 
the story had me so interested that I was like, this is fine. Tell me where to go and let me play out your story. It was very different for a Metroid game. Felt the same and it felt different at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, just, just to touch, Other M was way too hand-holdy. This was a perfect amount. Like, I, I found the linearity a bit annoying, um, but, you know, it's, it's passable. Like, it's not a huge deal. And as you unlock stuff, it's always unlocked unless it's a, a special story bit. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, you can still go back to other sections and, and run around them as you get more and more unlocked. Yeah. There is, uh, yeah. You just have to stop at the navigation room and talk to the computer. Right. But there, yeah. And I was going to say that, like, there are Metroid elements where there's stuff like, like you said, once, like, once Sector One is open, Sector One is open. And at some point, you may unlock some new abilities that let you go back there, you know, like a suit that lets you handle extreme temperatures. So now you can go to a room that had an extreme temperature. Or one of the things this game does that I actually really like too is instead of like, basic doors open by shooting them green doors open by shooting them with rockets etc this game's got four different colored doors and they're just basically security locks and so once yeah. you find the like once you like once you 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 flip the red switch for per se then all of the red doors are unlockable and you can open them and i actually really enjoyed that because i i would i would hit like the green switch and then be super excited to go back to all the areas i was in and be like well now i can go into all the different green areas and it's not as big as super metroid but there is still some exploration and then you add in stuff like missile power ups and things all the metroid standards e tanks and stuff like that that are hidden in walls and things that you can go looking for and there is still like there's there's still a, a nice little chunk of exploration in here it's just not that it's not the same as as super metroid and stuff yeah um, did you find everything? Cause I, dude, I thought I found a lot and then I finished the game and I was at like 43% or something. I think I had 54. Uh, I just replayed it because of this there a couple weeks ago on my game, on uh, my advanced SP. And, uh, I think I had 54% or something. Okay. And even then I was like, I'm pretty sure I did better than that. Yeah. Like I was but, really yeah. shocked that I only had 40. I was like, holy shit, really? Cause the honest, like, I'll be honest with you. One of the things about this game is minus a couple of boss fights, and we'll fucking get into those in a second. Um, minus a couple of boss fights, I didn't really find it that challenging. Like I didn't. No. It's not the hardest game in the world. And I and again, the thing about Met- if you've never played one of these old two D Metroid games, a lot of the difficulty is kind of dependent on how much exploration you do and how many power ups you find. Because you can constantly find E-tanks that give you another 99 health, or you can find more rockets, so you can carry more rockets or more super bombs, you can carry more super bombs, etc. And the more of those you have, obviously the more supplies you can carry, the more supplies you can carry, the easier the game is going to be. Um, but I, I, dude, outside of two boss fights, which we can get into, uh, I, I died very few times in this game. I did not find this game very difficult. No, um, the, I did once because I fell in lava and I just couldn't get out Yeah, in time. Uh, I think that's it for non-boss death. Yeah, like it's not... I mean, like Metroid games as a whole are usually quite difficult. This one, I don't know... I don't think this is it. I was going to say, I don't know if maybe there's like a, like a limitation technically on the Game Boy Advance where they couldn't put enough enemies in the screen or something, but like... Dude, I like I think back to the NES Metroid and you walk into a room in that game that you're not ready for and it in seconds oh, it works. And may oh, maybe that's why it seems easier because because of the linearity, it's almost impossible to walk into a room you're not ready for. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's why I didn't find it that hard. You're only going to be walking into the rooms that 
you have access to. And chances are, if you've gotten far enough in the game to have access to the room, you're powerful enough to deal with whatever's in there. Maybe that's what it yeah. is. So, cause it's not a, it's not, I did not find it to be a difficult game. Uh, aside, fuck me. Aside from a couple of the bosses and they, ugh, Daniel, if I have a criticism of this game and I don't want to criticize it for being too hard cause it isn't, but a, so there's a lot of boss fights in this game. And then every time you kill a boss, once you kill the boss, then you have to fight like the vi like, what is it called? The virus that was in the boss, uh, the X, the X parasite. Right. So you kill the boss yeah. and then basically this like giant floaty parasite pops up and then you have to fight that. But you're already in a couple instances, you're already pretty fucking banged up from fighting the boss. And those goddamn yeah. parasites get worse because some of them you have to shoot specific. Oh, fuck. Yeah, there's two varieties. There's because they're, they're not just, you know, it's not like a giant parasite you can pick up. It's got a shell. So you've either got to shoot the shell with missiles or charge the blast. Yeah. Uh, or there's the even harder one where you the shell you can't beat and you have to shoot it in the eye. Yeah, like near the end. Uh, of like, course, oh. if the eye is facing you, it's shooting at you. So you have like a split second where you can fire a shot and then you've got to get the fuck out of the way. Yeah, so like it's difficult enough because it's like basically every boss has a second boss afterwards, like a second form. But in the early modes, at least like you said, you can shoot the blob just anywhere. You just have to hammer on these blobs until they die. But then, yeah, some of the later ones, you can only, like, I don't know, that eyeball that's floating around on the circle of the virus is maybe 15, 20% of the whole circumference of this virus. And like Daniel said, the only time it's facing you where you have a clean shot at it, it's probably shooting at you. And uh, they'd be hard enough on their own. And then you add in the fact that you've just gone through war or gone to war with another boss before it. And gee, oh God, man, there are times where like I beat a couple of these things and I was on fumes. Like it was like, if that last missile didn't hit, I was fucked. Um, but, yeah. but they're, but at least they're creative and fun. And then usually when you kill a boss that well, cause that's the other thing is in most Metroid games, you like find all your powers laying around. And in this one, yeah. it was, you basically got them from killing the bosses. Yeah, and it, it was always nice. Like, there's the one boss where the and when you're coming up, the computer like gets super fast, and then when you get there, it's like, gee, I wonder what power up I'm gonna get. Yeah, the ability to go super fast. And that's what it is. Is these bosses are basically using like they're 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 I'm probably wording it wrong, but they're basically made up of the X virus that has taken one of your powers. So by yep. killing it, you basically are getting. You're absorbing the virus that has your power in it. Now you have that power again. Which again, genius way to give you your powers back instead of just fucking finding some weird looking alien thing that's holding a, a power in its hands. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's I really enjoyed that. That was so clever, I thought. Um That said, uh a couple of these bosses are pretty tough. I think you know which one I'm thinking of. Uh there's there's one in particular. The other one that always that annoys me is that security robot where you've got to hang off the railing and shoot down, but you also have to be careful you don't get hit when it spits out the uh, the fireball. Yes, ugh, yes. I didn't. Uh, I just found I that one more annoying than difficult, but it was yeah, so annoying. It, it wasn't hard. It was just annoying because you got to get that. And then there's a couple times like I was trying to jump and just shoot down at an angle, and and you can get it just right. Kind of sometimes, yeah, but not consistently. So you pretty much have to do the hang on the rail, but it jumps high enough that it can knock you off. So you can't just hang out above it, and then it spits out the flame things that you got to be careful. So it and what yeah, sucks it was, and what yeah. sucks about it is that like I actually think that 
Metroid uh, Fusion, for the most part, handles really well. Like, and that's a Metroid staple to me. Like they, like the the, the combat, the controls, the jumping, the running, pretty crisp for the most part. But when she's yeah. hanging, I don't find her very easy to use. And no. uh, and yeah, not, when you, not not hanging on the ceiling on the walls, it's not bad. Yeah, but hanging uh, on the but, ceiling, yeah. it kind of sucks. And in this yeah, case, the number you, of times that I've shot off to the side or like down at an angle instead of straight down, which is what I'm going for, is just yeah. And and in that and in that boss fight, you basically have to hang to fight. And yeah, fucking, it just it just takes forever to fucking win that fight. Um, yeah. But the the one that and anyone that's played this game probably knows what we're talking about. To me, the hardest boss in the game, harder than the final boss in the game, is that motherfucking nightmare. Is that the one you're thinking uh, of too? Yeah. That. Yep. That. Oh, Jesus so Christ. If you've never played it, because I got to be honest with you guys, like I finished this game and then I Googled it just to see what other people thought of it. And everyone talks about Nightmare. And I was thinking like, well, what the fuck? What boss was Nightmare? So then I looked it up and I was like, oh, that boss. I, it's, I don't know. How do you explain it? Like a giant blue, sad, evil looking robot puppet? <laughs> like, I don't know. How, yeah, like, so it's, it's, it's this boxy thing with like two wings that are kind of curled down at an egg, you know, kind of making like a semicircle. Yeah. Uh, and then it's got like this little ball thing that hangs down in the middle, which is a gravity generator. Yeah. And that, uh, so typically oh. with bosses, you're like trying to peg them off with missiles because it's one button as opposed to, you know, spending five seconds charging up a laser. Yeah. But after like three hits of this thing, it turns on its gravity generator and you can barely jump. Your missiles go nowhere. Yeah. And you have to hit it in a very specific spot that yeah. makes you completely open and vulnerable to him pounding on you. And like Daniel said, that fucking gravity generator's on. So you've lost most of your mobility. And I got to be honest with you, Dick. So then, and then you shoot this fucking stupid ball thing that's down between its arms while it's just hammering away on you. And then once you hit that enough, then its face opens up. Then you have to climb up on the wall on the side of the screen and then shoot it in the goddamn face like 4,000 times too. Like yeah, it's, well, it's flipping around, and of course, if it hits you, it hurts. Yeah. And that is the one thing. No, Nothing in this game, when it touches you, takes off a little bit of life. Like, when I first started playing with that, I'm like, there seems to be a lot of E-tanks. But a lot of the enemies, bosses in particular, will take off, like, a, an E-tank and a half in one hit. Yeah, and, and those hits are just fucking touching you. Which is just, yeah. that drives me, like, I understand that, like, I can't imagine most video games without... Like, imagine Mario Brothers where just touching an enemy didn't hurt you. Like, it'd be, it's, you need that. But it drives me crazy yeah. when the whole design of a boss is to just make it really big, really hard to get away from, and then just make it try to touch you. I like that like cheap least, sack of at shit. At least this one is actively trying to ram you or, or, you know, as well as shoot at you. Like, it's not, you know. Yeah. But, uh. So, so to finally, uh, to finally, I gotta be honest, like, I probably died five or six times on this fucking boss. And then um, I, I, after, because that fucking gravity generator that fucks up your jumps, and, and it not only fucks up your jumps, but it fucks up your rockets. Like, it pulls your rockets down, too, if I'm not mistaken, like your shots. Yeah. So, like, to finally beat it, I, I, I just went kamikaze, and I just was like, it was just, like, imagine two boxers when they're both just fucking swinging at each other and no one's playing any defense. That was me and Nightmare, and I just did it three yeah. or four times until I finally hit it more times than it hit me. And I guess you yeah. probably oh, and I guess you could probably make it easier if you just went back and explored and found some extra energy tanks and stuff so you could take more of a of a beating. But like, 
Uh, that was the only time in this entire... Well, there was one other instance, which I'll get into in a minute. But as far as combat goes, this was the only time in the game where I really started to get frustrated. Because I just... That boss would have been fine without fucking around with the gravity and making it enable for you to jump and everything. It still would have been hard, but at least yeah. it would have been it would have been fair. Like I gotta be like I hate to use this word because I feel like it's kind of a cop out, but I feel like this is cheap. I feel like it's a cheap boss. Maybe it, it, it really is. Uh, like and yeah, I mean you destroy that gener that that gravity generator fairly off, which is when you have to start shooting it in the face, which is a creepy like. Metroid games have a staple where like they get more and more red as you get more and more beating them. Yeah. This one, the face melts. Yeah. And it's disturbing. Yeah, it is. Now, having said that, it is a really cool looking boss. It, like, it, it is. It's, like oh, the fact it's that it's named Nightmare and the fact that it's face melts and stuff. Really cool. But Jesus God, is it hard. And it just like yeah. un, uncharacteristically hard because the rest of the game is fairly tolerable. It, it's a huge spike. Yeah, like it, it really is. And it, yeah, the, there's one other boss that I find a bit cheap, but it's it's not the enemy. It, it's kind of the layout of the level, and we'll get to that one in a bit. But and then this is one of the ones where I I beat him twice, and then I got killed by the stupid armored Korak. Oh, that's the other thing is it's like when you finally I remember oh. that when I finally because I only only killed Nightmare once, so I beat the virus the one time I killed it. But yeah, you get through that fight, and you're like, oh my god, I did it, and then that stupid fucking virus floats up and you're like oh god no and it's just and you're just praying to god that that stupid virus doesn't kill you it's yeah. i don't want to sound like i'm shitting on the game because the game is awesome and nightmare looks rad but it's just such a bullshit fucking boss it made me so angry it, it, it is like and it, it, it's a cool idea and you get the gravity suit which is always one of my favorite upgrades i love the way it looks uh admittedly purple is my favorite color but i just oh yeah, he's fucking cheap. So fucking happy when I when I finally beat him. Ugh. And it's so funny because I had zero idea. Like I thought I just sucked. Like I just was like, dude, I guess I just couldn't figure out the formula to this boss, and I just got lucky spamming shoot. And then I googled it, and everyone's like, no, nah, nightmare is such a sack yeah. of ass. And I was like, oh okay, it's not just me. Everyone sucks at this boss. Um, what's the yeah. other boss that gave you problems? Or uh, that- so the the other one that I find cheap is the uh, the plant one, uh, where because you fall through the floor. But if you're not paying attention, you land in like one of the little Venus flytrap mouth things yes! on the floor. Yes, yes. And it's okay, like it's the only time you have to hold up to jump out of. You yeah. don't do it anywhere else. So like the first few times, I was like, well, if I don't land on the platform, then I I die. Yeah, like, dude. The yeah. boss itself isn't that hard. It's those fucking uh, plant things, and then eventually, like the one time I was getting pissed off and trying to jump. I'm like, oh, I can't jump higher if I hold up, even though I don't do that anywhere else. I never knew that because I never did get out. Like, I died in that plant because you fall into the screen and then there's a a tiny, skinny little platform for you to stand on to fight this plant from. And if you land on either side of it, then yeah, like Daniel said, you land basically in this giant mass of plants and they eat you and take all your health. And I never knew I could jump out. I just, I died a few times falling into the plants and then finally I landed on the platform and then I killed them first try. But I, dude, I totally forgot that. Yeah, no other point of the game do you have to hold up to jump. What the fuck? That is like bullshit. even when you get the high jump, if it had said you know hold up to jump higher or something, yeah, then at least that would have been there. But yeah, that's bullshit. Uh, uh, I, you I know, I, and that. this one doesn't have quick like the there's the sinking sand portions in a lot of other Metroid games. Yeah, 
but you know, this one doesn't have any of that. So it's literally the only spot in the entire game where that's a thing. Oh yeah, I do. I fuck. It was like, I got to the, after the first try, I was like, okay, when I fall in there, don't fall on the plant. Then I fucking fall on the plant again. I was just yeah, fucking steamed up. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone. Like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That can be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac, and every 15 minutes on the clock, they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account, and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a CrashPlan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Um, yeah, or you get, or you know, one time I got shot and got knocked in the plant. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But then, yeah, it's... The boss itself isn't that hard. It's no. just that fucking, it's the room that's cheap. Just don't, fu- yeah, and it is fucking cheap. Fuck you, it is cheap. Um, the, uh, the only other big part that pissed me off in this game is that there was one, especially considering how linear this game is, excuse me, there was one part where I got completely stuck and I ended up finally Googling it and I was like, oh, for fuck's sakes. And so there's a part and it's pretty, it's, it's closer to the end of the game where you end up in like an underwater area. And I got into this part where you, I was out of super bomb. So when you go into your morph ball form, you can drop all the little bombs you want, but you also have super bombs you can drop. And when you drop a super bomb, it explodes like a big area of the screen. And then anything that was hidden in the walls basically shows up like because of the super bomb. And I was out of super bombs and I'm (laughs) stuck in this little area underwater where there's got to be a hidden wall somewhere that lets me keep progressing. It's impossible for me to get out of the area that I'm in, and it's impossible for me to drop a super bomb to see where the hidden part of the wall is because I'm out of super bombs. And I, I finally was like, I Google, and you know, like when you get stuck in a, a part like like an area like that, and it's hard to Google because you don't know how to explain where you're stuck. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And then I finally Googled Metroid Fusion water, and instantly there was tons <laughs> of posts of people stuck at the exact same spot that I was stuck at. And uh, I don't want to shit on it and say it was bad game design. I just was a little floored because Metroid, 
are they're pretty phenomenal for not letting you get stuck. Even if you can't figure out where to go, you can always get back to like a like an energy station and a save point and get your supplies back. And you know what I mean, like. Yeah, and this yeah, I, I I don't know if I did something wrong or not, but I found myself at a point where I had no way to recharge any of my abilities, and I couldn't figure out where to go, and I was getting frustrated, and I was like, this, it's very very surprising. I don't want to call it a miss, but like a rare a rare shortcoming by Metroid where they kind of let you get stuck if you don't know where to go. Um, I don't know if you know where I'm talking about or not. Maybe you're smart. N- not off the top, not off the top of my head. Um, but but I mean, I had. It had been years and years since I played it, um, when I played it. So I didn't, but I still, like, I was running into parts where I'm like, well, this is familiar. And right. so I might've just had a case. I, I remember getting stuck at a few spots when I first played it way back. Right. Well, but the thing uh, is, is like, like, I'll get stuck in a Metroid game and it doesn't, I very rarely get irritated when I get stuck in a Metroid game because I know the developers are talented enough that I'm like, if I just go back and I look around, same as Hollow Knight, Guacamelee, any of those Metroidvania games, I know if I explore enough, I will find it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And in this instance, I was stuck in this area. I explored every fucking inch of like the four screens I could get into. And there was no way out other than this one little hole in the wall in the bottom corner. And it's like behind seaweed. Actually, how you get it, it, uh, once I read about it, I was like, oh, for fuck's sakes. There's actually a fish enemy that swims into the screen and out of the screen through the side. And I realized, oh, there's no wall there. It's just seaweed. It's swimming through there. And I bet you the okay. fish was there to tell me that's where I'm supposed to go. But I had, I just did not see it. And that was what was irritating me because I was like, my gaming instincts were like, I know Metroid will, they'll, I'll find it. Like, they're telling me, dude, there's crumbs here. You'll figure it out. Just follow the crumbs. And I was like, I'm out of fucking crumbs. Where the fuck do I go? But anyway, that was that's literally the only criticisms I have was that and that fucking nightmare boss. Other than that, the the most of the bosses are cool and not too difficult. The exploration is fun. The game handles great. It's gorgeous looking. Gorgeous looking oh, it game. Is fucking beautiful. I truly feel like this is one of the best looking handheld games I've ever played. This is le- legitimately one of the best looking 2D video games I've ever played. And it was on a Game Boy for fuck's sakes. Um, yeah. I like the music a lot too actually. Uh yeah, I really like the music. Um I mean, I've like I love the atmosphere of Metroid games. Uh like they just it it has that alien uh, from the movie, which I know you probably haven't seen. No uh, vibe, and you know, like it's just it's creepy, but uh, it's, I love I love the atmosphere of it. The music, the graphics, all all feed into that whole that whole in the atmosphere. Yeah, I found this um, one. I found this one slightly less creepy than like Super Metroid because I found it a little bit more bright and colorful. Um, but then that fucking SAX would show up and everything would just get creepy. Like that would, that would yeah. make me like, I'd let my guard down a little bit and then that motherfucker would come walking in and you'd be like, Oh yeah, right. This whole ship is, yeah. or this whole station's full of fucking parasites that want to kill me. Yeah. Uh, and then there's some nice thoughts. Like there's the one where you walk into the room and you see the frozen, uh, Ripley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. yeah. The frozen Ripley. Uh, you know, and then I'm like, Oh, like that's at first I'm like, that's, uh, that, like that's just a cool nod. Uh, it sort of starts to feed in that you know maybe this federation isn't as as nice as they seem because you know you also find out that they're breeding Metroids. Yeah. Uh, 
So, you know, it, it's the first time where the Federation is presented as maybe not the greatest of people. It's kind of um, it's kind of video game 101. It turns out that the good guys aren't the good guys. Like yeah. just kind of so we all that. know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but then when you actually fight like the X version of Ridley, it's not a hard fight. Like you if you just spam missiles, yeah. you you'll have it done in no time. Like it's still very traditional. Although he starts to turn more cartoonish. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's the the first of a couple times where like the X parasites start to break down and deform as as you fight them. Uh like there's that one. Dude, and, uh, and, and the fucking scream that that Ridley lets yeah. out every time you do enough damage and it goes redder and like oh uh, goes to like various like stages that, of dying. Right out, that, like that's right out of like all the other Metroid oh. games. Like Ridley is such a badass. Yeah. That iconic uh, scream just fucking sends uh, shivers down your spine. You're like, oh, because yeah. it sounds like it's in so much pain. And I was like, how did you get a scream like this on the GBA? Like, it sounds so good. <laughs> fuck me. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck. The one time when you walk past the SAX and he's just blowing the shit out of the Metroids that are in captivity and you can just walk right past them. Yeah. I love that scene. Yes. Like, it's. There is such an unbridled hatred towards the Metroids that, that he doesn't even care that you're there. Right. Uh, despite the fact that he's been actively hunting you all this time, he doesn't give a shit. He is just blowing the fuck out of those Metroids. Yeah, you walk by behind like it there, and it doesn't even turn there, around there, and look there's at you. There's a sense of primal, primal hatred that you just, ah, oh, I love that scene. Yeah, I thought that was fucking awesome. And then, dude, and then again, speaking of the the X virus and it's, or the X parasite part of me. And it's uh, like disdain of the Metroids. Cause the Metroids eat the, eat the parasites uh, at the very end of the game. Uh, and we're going to spoil the ending. Now, again, you've had lots of time to play uh, when you go back to your ship and you need to get off the ship. And then that fucking giant Metroid attacks you and yeah. just feeds you your lunch. And then the SAX comes in and saves your ass. Uh, yeah. I really liked that. I did not see that coming to be honest with you. I thought that was great. Yeah, uh, and I, I, know, I know you haven't played the, the Samus Returns or, or the original Metroid 2 on the original Game Boy. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's one of the evolved forms of the Metroid. Oh, okay. So yeah, like right at the end so, of the game, you're getting ready to leave this, the shuttle, and then this fucking giant Metroid attacks you, and it is about to kill you, and then the SAX, para- the, 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 the parasite version of you, comes in and saves you, and then you basically absorb it, if I'm not mistaken. You absorb yeah, it, the SAX. It, it, yeah, it dies. And I mean, it's it, it, it's implied that it's weak from when you fought the SAX, which is the other time where it does a really cartoony thing. Because after you damage it enough, it turns into this really mutated cartoonish version yeah. of of Samus. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, and then yeah, it shows up. It it shoots. It it's a nice thing because it it shows you how you're gonna fight it. Yeah. Because it just like it just runs up, shoots, and then I get swiped and turns into the virus. And then you absorb it. You get the even cooler looking. Like I love the design of the Metroid. Uh, that just organic armor look of me, the Metroid. Me the too. Fusion suit. Yeah. Uh, and then you get an even badass version, which brings you this cross between the classic one and the Metroid one. And then yeah, you're you're powered up again, and then you can kill it. Yeah. So then, so then, like, because maybe I'm just so yeah. So you do fight the SAX, and I actually found that fight quite easy once you figure out the pattern of her. Then it's like, yeah. this is actually remarkably, you just know, shoot, jump, shoot, jump, shoot, jump. Like you said, once you shoot it, because originally you basically fight a carbon copy of yourself, 
then it mutates into this fucking weird alien-looking Samus. But again, and then it turns into the virus, and you kill. It's not hard. It's not. A, I don't find it a difficult fight. But then nah. at the end of the game, you're getting ready to leave this. So like, so they basically set in place that they're gonna they're gonna destroy this entire space station and destroy the virus or the parasite that's on the space station and everything like that. And then you run to get away. Then this Metroid fucking attacks you and is like, "You're not going anywhere." But then the SAX shows up. And helps you defeat the Metroid. And now, and correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel, but then you get in your ship and you get the fuck out of there before the station explodes. And then they think that they've like killed off this parasite and everything by blowing up the station. But the parasite is in you, isn't it? Like you absorbed it and got no, away the, with the it. Parasite, the, the parasite that... Uh, no, because the, the Metroid part of your DNA absorbs all the parasites. So. Oh, yeah, right. So I guess yeah. the, so the parasite wouldn't be in you because the Metroid in you that they put in you to fight off the parasite absorbed the parasite so you've just yeah. kind of absorbed it and, and used it for yourself but um yeah so it's, it's a very like by it, it's a very sacrifice self-sacrificing thing by the parasite to let it be let it be absorbed by you right and it lets itself be absorbed by you so that you can kill the metroid because the parasite's yeah. entire obsession is killing the the metroids yeah um fucking what a dude this was i and, oh, and quickly, because like, this has been a long episode. This has been good stuff. This has been a long episode. Uh, this is not a long game. And I remember, like, because you were, this lost our Patreon poll, but you had really been pushing me to play it, and I had wanted to play it for quite a while. And then when I looked up yeah. how long it is to beat, people were saying, like, five hours, six hours. And I was like, what? Really? And it it's, that's it? Like, it's, which I loved, because I was like, it was not the, it's not a long video game. You could probably take a couple more hours on if you had gone back, because like you said, dude, there's a part right near the end of the game where before basically you start the final sequence where you fight the SAX and stuff, where you've unlocked everything, you've unlocked every area, every sector, all the security doors are open, you have all your powers, and you can basically, if you want to, just do a clean sweep of the game and look for all the extra power-ups and stuff like that. Yeah. But, it's, but it's optional, it's all optional stuff. Um, it's not a long game, and I actually really liked that. I liked that it was just a nice little bite-sized, incredibly impressive uh, uh, taste of Metroid. I was I was thoroughly impressed with it so much better than i expected it to be frankly yeah. how, how did you find the twist that the computer uh has like the brain scan of her former commander like throughout the game she's remembering back to her former commander adam yeah uh who's uh she does say you know perished yeah uh or, or died died doing a sacrifice play uh and then turns out that this computer has his brain scan or something and it's it feels a little out of nowhere. Yeah, that was what but I was going to say. It's, it's the only way that makes the the last bit because uh, she wants to destroy the station, and the computer originally won't let her because it's the Federation wants to study and yeah. these, study these X parasites. Uh, and then it's after she calls the computer Adam, which is the name of her commander, and it wakes up the brain scan or something like that. Yeah, but it's basically. The computer's like, well, there's still X parasites on the planet, so we need to blow up both. Yeah, that uh, you know, like, I mean, it's. I don't think you could have worked in the computer, like, unless, like, you could have just had Samus realize that there's still parasites there, and I have to do them both. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. So it, it felt a little out of nowhere, but it still kind of worked. It did, but like, yeah, I guess if I was going to criticize one part of the story, that was it. So like this computer is basically like the, the Confederation or whatever is basically telling this computer to tell you what to do and they're giving you powers and, 
and uh, and the whole time, every time you're like in an elevator, they do like a flashback or like a you see inside Med, like Samus's mind, like what she's thinking, and she's thinking about her former commander Adam and how much she respected him and stuff. And then at the end of the game, yeah, that commander is in the computer or something. And uh, I got yeah, I got to be honest, like I you knew at some point this commander was going to show up because why else are they talking about him? Like, you know, he's going to play some kind of role, but like I, I expected, uh, I expected it to be something like this. Adam dude had been infected by this parasite and you had to like sacrifice him there or something. And then the fact that he like kind of was the computer got into the, I, I, I could have lived without that. To be honest with you, I could have lived without that, but yeah, whatever though. It was, it was what it was. I didn't think the payoff because they really built it up during the game. How much she misses this Adam guy, uh, and, well, then, and, and and how much like this computer is a tool of the Federation. Yeah, and then you know, so I, I think I can like I can totally see what they were going for. I just I think it misses the mark. Yeah, I do too. I I could have lived didn't take away from it, but I could have lived without that. I was more just fascinated yeah. by the whole idea that like the the you're kind of stuck in the middle of this battle between metroids and this parasite and you're like well who like do they both suck is does one suck more than the other is there one that i want to kill and then at the end of the day like you said they don't want you to blow up this station because they want to study it and they're, they're they're cloning metroids and shit and then you're like no no fuck that i'm blowing up this station i absorbed what little bit of the parasite was left to help destroy everything on the station and now everything is just set back to normal uh, and if they, and the yeah. cool thing, Daniel, is if they wanted to, I think they could easily do another story with this parasite. And I don't mean to just call back to the simple explanation, but frankly, all they have to do is do something like Spider-Man with Venom, where Samus realizes that this parasite that's in her is not just been absorbed by the Metroid cells in her or something, and they extract it or whatever, and or she's mutating, or you know what I mean? Like the fact that yeah. she absorbed it at the end they could do whatever they want with it. And I would be so interested to see them do something with that. I really hope they do. Cause I thought yeah. it was really fascinating. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. I, I really wish that they would, we would get a new Metroid game set after this. Yeah, man. I, I frankly, uh, maybe this is not a popular take with Metroid fans, but I actually found the X parasite more interesting than the Metroids. Like for an enemy. The, That's the just Metroids me. are boring. They like, are. Like, I mean, the, the first game, there's like six of them. They're in one room. There's a giant, like, I mean, they're a pain in the ass because you have to freeze them and then blast them with like 10 missiles. Mm-hmm. But they're not, for, for being a titular character, there's not much to them. No, there's not. Uh, so, I mean, I just, yeah, yeah I like find the Express kind of was cool and, the, you know, and the way it was like infecting like the, uh, the security, I think it was a security robot where like it uses an organic neural network. Yeah. Uh, which is something that, you know, a- actual science, has been trying to do for years. So it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just thought it was a little like, I don't want to, I'm not trying to shit on it. I just thought it was a little, I I think they're a cooler villain. Like I, that's, I would be so happy if Metroid prime four was all about the uh, X parasite. I would think that'd be fucking, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine they'll go that way, but I, I just think that'd be fucking awesome. Uh, or, or bare minimum. I would love to see Metroid Prime 4 play off the idea that Samus has Metroid in her now, like cells in her. Like play off that, yeah. give her some cool new powers with it or something, you know what I mean? Like but Yeah, not, nothing says Metroid 4 has to go to the same period as the the, the other three Metroid. No, not at games. all. It's just like I don't know why they yeah. they can do whatever they want with it. So, uh if it ever comes out, God knows they've already restarted it once, so who knows if we'll ever fucking get it, <laughs> but um yeah. Dude, I got to be honest with you, buddy. Fucking 
pretty you have been up my ass for months to play metroid fusion and now i get it i i'm not now again i've all i've played to completion is super metroid in this i don't i don't know if i'm willing to put metroid fusion ahead of super metroid but i there's certainly it's certainly in the discussion they're both great fucking games great they're, fucking they're, games. Well, now you've played this one, which is the shorter one. Now go play Zero Mission. It's yeah. a little longer than this one. It's not quite full mission, but it takes all the things it did right with this game and builds on them. Uh, honestly, I, 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 I intend to. Like, I don't know when, but like, Super Metroid's just been this like anomaly that I, I played and was like, well, that was a lot of fun. And then I never, I played about half of Metroid Prime. I, I'm fi- I, I refuse to buy it for my GameCube because it's expensive. And I have no doubt the minute I buy it, they're going to announce Metroid Prime Trilogy for the Switch. No fucking doubt in my mind. So I'm just going to wait for that. I know it's coming. And when it finally comes to Switch, I'll play it. But this this game kind of really got me reinterested in the Metroid series. And I'm going to play some more of them for sure. Because this was fucking awesome. Um, we're at an hour, dude. Before we score this, you got any final thoughts? Or do you want to score it and get on with your life? Go play this game. <laughs> seriously it you can get it done within a, in a weekend yeah you can i did i, Hell, I beat it i finished it in three sessions do this in an evening if you want yeah yeah i beat it so i beat it in three sessions without having to look anything up other than that one little spot where i got stuck yeah so. like it's 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 a fun little game uh, yeah so i'm trying to think of a way to score it uh and i know we haven't done a score out of one to ten in a long time but it has the x parasite and x is the roman numeral for ten so, on a scale of 1 to X, what would you give Metroid Fusion? I'm going to give it a, a V-I-I-I. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, I was like, I was waiting for you to come out and be like, I'll give it a 7 or 8. I was going to go V-I-I-I. You fucking stole my... God damn it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Honestly, same. I probably... 8, 8.5, somewhere in there. Yeah. Super Metroid's a little bit better. Uh, and, and the linearity thing isn't quite my beef. Or isn't quite my thing. Yeah, but uh, it's such a fun game. Yeah, fuck nightmare. Yeah, fuck nightmare. Uh, but you know uh, what? It's, it's so fun. I had so much fun replaying it, dude. You know what this game showed me is that I desperately want GBA games on the Switch. Like more than Nintendo sixty four on Switch, I want GBA on Switch because I think that these yeah. games on that little screen would just look oh, spectacular. That, that would be beautiful. And I want to play more of these games that I haven't played. Uh, like this one so uh dude thank you for taking an hour out of your day to give me a call and also thank you for kicking me in the ass and making me play metroid fusion because this was fucking outstanding so great suggestion by you my man uh, i'm so i'm glad you finally did i feel like there's not enough people who play this so it's nice to get at least one more and hopefully this gets a couple more yeah of, uh, I do. I know it's popular because when you started playing it on Twitch, everybody was like, "Oh yeah, fuck yeah!" Yeah, I was shocked at how many people like. I I really didn't know, but again, I I consider myself a fairly un uh, uneducated GBA player, and uh, I had no idea that this game had the following that it did. So if you haven't played it, it's not super easy to find. I know it's on Wii U, but it's not the easiest game in the world to find. But if you could find a way to play it highly recommended you give it a shot because it's fucking oh dude it's on the 3ds virtual console i'm looking right now uh so nice yeah so fucking there you go if you have a 3ds and uh, everyone in the world has or had a 3ds uh i give this game my highest seal of approval fucking outstanding uh good stuff buddy thank you for doing this i really appreciate it uh of course thank you for having me
And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And Daniel, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Metroid Fusion after you insisted that I sit down and play Metroid Fusion because it is quite superb. Uh, Guys, listen, if you're enjoying the show, if you're enjoying what we do, if you've enjoyed even one of the last 138 episodes of this thing, please consider supporting us on Patreon. I know I say it every week, but it has never been a better time to sign up. It is $2 US. I think it's three bucks Canadian. Uh, But it helps me out. You keep the little guy alive, an independent content creator. You get access to a ton of old podcasts, bonus podcasts. Uh, This Sunday's episode of Expansion Pass is going to be looking back at the last four years of the Nintendo Switch. Next Sunday's episode of Expansion Pass is going to be ranking my top 20 SNES games of all time. I'll remember the game Patreon poll for March, the Sega edition. I was going to say Sega Genesis, but there's some Sega CD and some Dreamcast games on there. The Sega edition of our Patreon poll is running until Saturday, and everyone that signs up on our Patreon by March 21st is going to receive a Remember the Game lanyard courtesy of yours truly. So they're really, for the love of God, if you've been thinking about it, I can't, there's nothing else I can give you. This isn't one of those infomercials where they're like, find a better deal. I have nothing left to give. Patreon.com slash Remember the Game. And my online comedy show is coming up on Saturday, March 20th. You can watch it from the comfort of your own home. It's really simple. $20 Canadian buys you a ticket. As many of you that are living in the house want to watch it at once, you can. You don't need to buy a ticket for everyone that's staring at your TV. You can find tickets right now on Eventbrite. Just go to Eventbrite and then search for Adam Blank and you'll find my fine. I'm doing an online, I'll do an online show event. Mark McHugh, former Remember the Game Hall of Famer, is going to be there too. He's going to be my opening act. And we'd really appreciate it if you came by and laughed at our stupid jokes or at least stared at us uh weirdly while we told our stupid jokes and that is going to do it for this week's episode listen normally i record the shout outs to all our patreons right now and then post them for the end of the episode and then it plays for the month but there's been a whole bunch of credit cards where people had to like it's only march 2nd right now people haven't had time to fix their credit cards and things and i don't want to record the shout outs and leave anybody out so Thank you all, everybody. I'm going to be playing the old shout-outs this week, and next week I'll record new ones once all the credit cards are up to date and everybody has got their information in and everyone that needs to do in the shout-outs gets into the shout-outs, okay? Good enough. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you guys all again soon. Clean your controllers, wash your hands, stay safe, and look out for each other. Cheers. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I simply could not produce all the content I am without all of your support, so I'd like to take a quick moment to thank everyone that has supported us for at least $2 at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. So a huge thank you to A Novel Console, Aaron Lawson, Adam Anderson, Adam Beasley, Adam O'Sharello, AJ Freeman, AJ Jones, Alan C., Alex Martinez, Amarok, Amy Gillen, Andre, Andrew Wright, April Zane, Arpad Bothos, Ashley Cronenbitter, Badar Barhumi, Ben Bulia, Ben Boo, Ben Drinken, Boognish, Bradley McHugh, Brandon O'Brien, Brandon Hine, Brian McKay, Brian Robbins, Brian Medeiros, Brian Ransom, Charlie Medeiros, Chris Campbell, Chris Fleury, Chris Wilson, Christopher Russell, Chris, Christopher Sumner, Chuck Schlarp, Corey, Craig Rutt, Crash Bandiquidit, Chris Knife 007, Dan T, Dana Wucherall, Danny Vega, Dario Omen, Darren, Dave, Dave McGee, Dave Thompson, David Ray, David Schnatterer, Defunct, Derek Jane, Derpimus Prime, Desert Tortoise, Devin Gordon, Divalk, DNA Gaming, Do How, Dominic S. Thompson, Doug Dorn, Dylan, M. Felf, Eric Canard, Evan Refuse, Freddie Martinez, Fraser Burns, Freddie Bovenkirk, G9PSX, Gary C., Geek Life Radio, Grimpy, Andre SJA Flash, James Anderson, James Clark, Jared, Jason Cortez, JB Retromania, Jay Clutch, Jeff Johnson from Game on GNT, Jeffrey Mathis, Jer Bear, Jesse Clark, Joe Buck, Joe Gillespie, Joe Mack, John Doskis, John Quack, Jordan, Josh Morgan, Josh from the Press Start to Join podcast, Kate Roberts, Casey Rarick, 
Casey Rarick, Keegs, Kelly, Kevin, Kevin Chincholo, Kevin Donlin, Kevin Hufford, Kyle Paul, Lane Orr, Leon Nabskog, Les Wine and Luca, Louis, Luis Oliva, Mackenzie Wheeler, Mad Shibs, Make Mallow Shift Money, Mark Jones, Mark McHugh. Mark 209, Martin Greenwood, Matt Brown, Matt McLean, Matthew Davis, Mercury 869, Michael Mathis, Nick, Mick Morse, Michael Hag, Mike Cummings, Mike Malawaney, Miklos Blackshaw, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, Morgan, MPG in Buffalo, Mr. Satan, Mr. Impressive, Mr. Nick, Mr. Me Seeks 0406, Wolverine Films, Nathan Trombley, Nathan W, Nevrop, Nick Sills, Nicholas Martinez, Ninja Lunchbox 79, No One Cares, Pat Duddy, Parzival, PB McFadden, Peebs, Pie Messiah, Poops Loomis, Potato Bob Guy, Raging Demon, Retro Ghosty Ghost, Rex Sheldon, Robert Fuchsia, Robert Lippa, Rodrigo Tomazzi, Ron Pierce, Ryan Bayshore, Ryan Kinchin, Ryan Yeager, Sam Wright, Scott Brooks, Scott V, Sean Clifford, Sean Razine, Sharonic, Silver Grunion, Slick Rick, Starl Probin, Stitch, Stupid Monkey, Super Mary Ho, That One Kid Nick, The Anti-Spatial Podcast, the giraffe the honest pokemon trainer the t-word they call me badger tim l timothy riel todd tom kite tommy reynolds tony cherichetti tom k pardon me troy k this is so hard tyler very cool dude vincent l vladstein white burrow wyman brooks x water yamcha zane donovan and zoo troy i hope you all enjoyed that if i screwed up your names consider yourself special thanks for the support i'll talk to you soon cheers